So we just finished our series called Misunderstood Bible Verses, which you totally need to go like pause this video. Mm-hmm. Pause. Oh, well, hold on. Wait, don't pause, pause it. Don't pause yet. it yet. After I say this, pause <laughs> it and then go find that series and watch it and then come back to this video. Okay, now that you've done that, uh, welcome <laughs> back to uh, this video. Uh, we're going to be talking about things that we have struggled with in our own Christian walks as we've tried to navigate living out a practical Christian faith. Right. So in this short series very called short. Living It Out, Live it out. very simple, we are going to be talking specifically and, and targeting <laughs> these challenges of what it means to practically live out Christian virtues. That's right. So if you ever wondered what it was like to live out humility, stick around because we're going to talk about that today. You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Hey, everyone. It's Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And today we are in part one oh, no. of our series, Living It Out. That's right. And we're talking about humility talent today so here's a question is talent bad mm-hmm. but before we jump yeah. into that i want to say what up inner circle hey how y'all doing what's up if you want to know about the inner circle or who we're saying hi to because you're like that's weird to randomly say hi to a group of people that mm-hmm. we don't know um stick around because <laughs> we're going to talk about it later in the episode uh but for now inner circle you rock thanks for being here yes and i hope you went and watched that video we shared about salad dressing mm-hmm. see if you were in the inner circle you would know what that video is about <laughs> but now you're now you're curious like what's salad dressing what, what's the video what's about the inner joke i want to be a part of that you can know joke. we'll tell you how okay so let's get into this and first i just want to give a trigger warning this is All i right. know already how people are going to receive this i just i don't I, it's not like i know no but i just have like foresight i guess i just have okay. a feeling I'm, I'm um for it. i'm gonna say this say it not everyone mm-hmm. should sing on the worship team. All right. So not, first off, I feel oh, targeted. I'm just saying. I feel like you're yelling at me. Not everyone in the room, in really this loud. room. It was really loud what you said. Should be <laughs> singing on the worship team. And also, not everyone should bring a dish to the potluck. That I will co-sign. I will co-sign on that. Also, not everyone in the church body should be given the, what I say, the license mm-hmm. to exercise their hobby in the gathering of the body. I just, mm. not everything. You ain't got to do everything in the church. You ain't got to, you ain't got to do all your little things. Sure. Going back do. to the potluck thing. Like somebody has got to bring paper plates. Like somebody has you to, you got to have them. Lady. It's very necessary. And everyone That's, appreciates it's a it. part of the thing. If it's you don't okay. have it, then you may not need out. to make that casserole that your aunt. That's okay. Sally made for 12 years. You don't got to make it. And this is just a general rule for me. If this is how you roll, that's okay. If it has raisins in it and it is not a dessert, Probably don't bring it. Like, I'm just, that's just for me. If I'm there and you want to be like, hey, I bet Nick and Kylie Joe like this. If it's not a dessert and it has raisins in it, I probably won't mess with it. And here's another, just another one. If it had to be made during the depression, like if you just, <laughs> if it was only because all we had was salt water, flour, and potato, and potatoes, <clears throat> no, we don't want to eat that cake. I mean, it might be good, but it, times change. We got stuff now. You know, we, but if you had, if it's something you had to make at some point, <laughs> not just because you wanted to, like there was one that was like, it was like a chocolate depression cake. Yeah. There's okay, a guy you, on TikTok makes these videos. But pretty funny. if you had to make it doesn't mean that you should make it. This Okay. I think we're off topic, but you know what we're saying <laughs> as far as a pilot. So yes. let's talk about humility. Um, humility is one Ooh. of those virtues that is very difficult to uh, define. I think um, I love mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis. He, his definition is probably my favorite where he says humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself 
less. Mm-hmm. And um, that is something that I have learned how to do, not directly, because you can't be humble by thinking right. I should I wanna, be humble. I want to be more humble. humble. I'm going to try really hard to be more humble. Yeah. And you, you, you're also not being humble. Sorry. I don't know where that stutter came from. You're also not being humble by being self-deprecating that. And if you don't know what that means, that means talking bad about yourself all the time. Cause that's just the other side of pride. Yeah. If I is always this, the topic, right. If I am always at the center of the sentence, um, then even if I'm saying I'm the best or, Oh, I'm so terrible. Mm-hmm. You're still focused on I, you're still focused on self. I think that hipster Christians do that really well. How so? The, just the like overemphasis about how terrible I am. Not, not me personally, <laughs> but like there's a whole group of Christians, <laughs> bad mouthing Kylie Joe, right? And now. That's how I know I'm humble. Cause I don't think about them and how much they think about me. No, but seriously, there's this that's overemphasis goofy. of like, I am just so terrible and I am the worst and I, and I, me, me. And honestly, at the end of it, it's like, but are you thinking of anyone but you? Like Where's if Jesus you, if you think about something long enough, you're going to find the error in it. It's true. And we don't have to think very long with human beings, but it's just, there's, there's like a sect of like modern hipster Christianity. That's like, oh. I got to talk about how terrible I am. So you can see how great God is. And it's like, no, why don't we just talk about how great God is? I mean, that's a thought. Let's just focus <laughs> and then on maybe him. eventually you'll stop thinking about yourself so much. It's, it's a thing. And so humility though, I think is, is very touchy when it comes to the church. Because in the church body, you always want, first off, there's a lot of politics in, in the church body. Mm. And I don't just mean like, like the United States political system. I mean, like, there's a lot of Democrats and Republicans yeah, and independents, yes. libertarians even. <laughs> but <laughs> the politics of the local church of like trying to get popularity, trying to gain favor mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, whose family has been there the longest, whose family's connected to who. And so there's all this stuff, people jockeying for position in the church. Yeah. And so talents and gifting start to become weaponized. Yep. Even They're bargaining chips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you want people who are talented and who are gifted to operate in certain areas, unless those who are in political power in that church Mm-mm. don't have that talent or gifting come on then they downplay that talent or gift yes because it's like well we don't need people that are good at accounting because i'm always the accountant it's like eh, hold on yes yeah. we do we need people that are gifted at that because we need people that are good at everything exactly the people that are good at things um and but the way it's weaponized is if anyone has a gift or a talent and they bring it forward the the way they that's attacked is being like well you're not being humble enough yes by operating well, in your gift and there's there's such a yoke that's put on people who have talent and I'm going to use the worship team analogy just because that's the most familiar to me mm-hmm. and probably the most recognizable to most people. Um, you, most of us that have been in a church, you recognize like the musicians are typically the ones that are thought of as having the talent. Mm-hmm. It's not the only talent that's available in the no. church, but we just typically, we we recognize that because that's the way our culture is set up. Yeah. And so you have this yoke that's put on people that's like, well, yeah, I mean, sister so-and-so and their family, they've always done the worship. And so, you know, if, if, but if you, you know, if you sing better than them or if you play better than them, or if you have anything that um, equates to notoriety mm-hmm. or aptitude in that area, you know, you need, you need to practice being humble Yeah. before you. And so humility becomes a yoke. It's not even yeah. a, a, a Christian virtue or a discipline or um, a lifestyle. It's like, well, no, you have to be humble. And it almost becomes this bad word of like, well, I guess I have to, I'm being humbled, but not, it's not of the Lord. It's yeah. of human beings. And it's very religious. 
And there's parts of it that I'm like, that's a little bit demonic. And it, it reeks of mm-hmm. division, which I think yes. where that demonic part comes from. Yeah. It reeks of, of comparison, which mm-hmm. in the body, we never are jockeying against each other. We're not comparing ourselves. A hand can't say to the foot. Exactly. Yeah. Because hands can. Hey, foot. Hands don't talk. That's me. If feet. you're listening only, I did a little <laughs> hand puppet and I said, hey, foot. I wonder if that's how Paul, when he was like, <laughs> okay, I want you to say like this. The hand doesn't say to the foot. I don't think he did that be funny if he did (laughs) in my mind he did it's my opinion (laughs) um but no i think it's important what you said the the differentiation between um understanding your gift your ability um which some might call talent your talent Mm -hmm. and your um being humble in operating in that talent so yeah i guess the question we kind of loosely defined humility Mm -hmm. um how do we sorry I'm so excited about this next part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do we go about defining like talent? Like what do you, uh, how do you talk about talent in the church? Mm, that's a really good question. So mm-hmm. I think talent, well, originally talent was a measurement of like weight, wasn't it? It was like, yeah, I'm not sure know. if they have the same root word though. I, I don't, I think in Latin it does. You think so? Like, I don't in, know. I did the, the word in, study. Yeah. I looked up the etymology, but it was very loose and it was just like, uh, Google well, talent <laughs> etymology. Like, but, um, talent has an understanding or there's an understanding with it that um, all talent is good. Like mm-hmm. the talent can be used for different things, but some may have it in one area and not in others and vice versa. And so in the body of Christ, we can understand that, like that measurement of value, if you want to call it that, although I think that's, that's kind of a gray area. Mm-hmm. Um, just because someone has a talent in a certain area doesn't mean that you can't have talent in a different area or that, that you can't have talent in the same area, but one is more experienced than the other and one yeah. can teach the other one can learn. So as far as talent goes, I think it's, it's not confined to one particular skill set or, mm-hmm. um, genre. Is that the right yeah, word? Genre that. of let's, talent. Let's rock with genre. Um, and Paul even talks about that. Some mm-hmm. are gifted with, and I think you can even uh, use the word gifting and talent similarly in the body, but, yeah. um, some are gifted at, um, prophesying. Some are gifted at teaching. Some will have more, um, hospitality than others. And that's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the main thing to understand is that all talent and all gifts come from God. None of them are yeah. like mustered up on our own. We may have an interest in one area and we may over time because we go to school for it or we've been trained in a certain area, we may, we may gain more skills yeah. in a certain area where we're talented. But the talent itself and the aptitude and the, and the drive to um, the drive for excellence comes from God alone. And I think the, the cultural use of the word talent makes it seem like it's um, extra, something extraordinary. Like oh, yeah. You have to, like, so talented. America's got talent, right? <clears throat> yeah, so talented. There's this, this understanding that when you say someone's talented, it means not that they've worked hard, not that they're um, really disciplined. So they're just but like, born with it. They've been gifted beyond the normal amount of gifting. Mm. It's like this is an exuberant amount of gifts. That's a talent. You have talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's wrong to look at that, especially in the church, because uh, I love the word gifted or giftings or however you want to use that, mm-hmm. that phrase, because it, it helps to put the understanding of your talent like you're in the receiving end of that. Yeah. Like it's not because of anything I do. And now uh, don't get me wrong. Some people, their talent is being uh, disciplined. And yeah. so being able <clears throat> to work really hard to achieve certain things and to get things done. Uh, they may not be necessarily talented at that thing that they got done, mm-hmm. but their talent, their gift is being disciplined enough to work through it. And they have what's called the grind. The grind. The, the grind. Grit. The grit. Yeah. Yeah. They can get through. And so 
I think we have to kind of re-understand talent in the church because it being a bad thing is mm-hmm. kind of the common misunderstanding, right? Yeah. Well, and you can be talented at things that aren't good. That's true. There's I some mean, very there's talented some, liars. There's out some there. very talented, persuasive people. There's very talented people um, at deceiving. People yep. can be talented at at religion. Yes. They can cultivate this over time. And but um, <clears throat> excuse me, but those things, I believe, are a perversion of what is good. Just like mm-hmm. most things we see that are broken, it's like, well, your persuasiveness could be good. You could be very, very good at this other thing, but you're choosing to use it for this. And so I think with our talents um, and our gifts, we have to be very careful to steward them well because of where they come from and to not allow our flesh to guide us. Well, I I do this really well. So therefore I can like, honestly, actors Mm -hmm. are professional liars because the good ones, very, very talented Mm -hmm. at convincing us of, of of a character and their circumstances and their objective. They could also be really good liars, but they choose to use that gifting mm-hmm. in order to create art and things that we admire. We can go and say, wow, this gives me a mirror to my own life, catharsis, yeah. you know, all those cool things. Well, and I think one of the issues um, in the misunderstanding, so people misunderstand talent and giftings and humility in the church because there's this, this understanding that you have to deny your talent or deny your gift mm. in the church setting in order to be humble. Right. And that's not everyone, but that's a common misunderstanding that we've experienced. Mm-hmm. But- I've, I've actually preached this before. Like if you go out into the world and you make money doing, you know, some craft or some skill that you you've worked hard to develop or you're very talented at, um, why would God not want that same skill or gifting utilized to build up the church? Mm. Right. So there was a, a person in our church who was very gifted and talented at, at adjusting people's glasses. That's what he did for a living. And he never thought to, to bring that to the church to help the people in our church wore glasses to help mm-hmm. them like refit them or make sure that they're they're like properly aligned or whatever you do mm-hmm. as the person that sells glasses but um the thought was oh yeah i go out there and i make money doing this gift mm-hmm. but i have to deny that here because the only thing that's valuable in the church is serving the way that you, you know i have to be an usher i have to um you know whatever open the door for Tithe people and yeah like show up those things are important but you also have talents and abilities yeah that need to be brought to the church or even i remember there were a lot of teachers in a church that we were serving once a lot of educators who refused to serve as teachers for sunday school or yes. for youth yes and the the reason this is actually the reason they gave was well that's what i do for work i don't want to have to do it when i come to church mm. well and I don't remember what my response was, but I remember thinking like, that's backwards. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I really didn't understand. I was like, well, there are many, like I've, I've known, we've known doctors who, yeah, they make a living healing people and, and helping people to understand their bodies and to live healthier lives. Mm-hmm. And then they also go places where they don't have access to medical care and mm-hmm. they will use those same gifts and talents that they've been given and that they yeah. have the skills they've cultivated over time. And they'll use that to serve other people. Yeah. And they never think like, well, I'm a doctor at work <laughs> and honestly even and this is something that is should be um humbling and convicting for us doctors and nurses take a, what's called a hippocratic oath mm-hmm. it's like basically i don't know all the words to it but it's basically saying like um i'm gonna provide care i'm gonna help care for people if there's an emergency situation and i'm in the room i'm gonna provide care yeah. there's an oath they take and if you end up like you know having a heart attack or you like need cpr and the doctor in the room never actually acts on that there's a problem. There's a compromise in that them. person's ethics because they've taken this oath. I think that many of us Christians mm-hmm. need to have a, a Christ centered oath where it's mm. like, 
man, if I'm good at something, Ooh, come on now. and I know that God has given me this gift and I, yeah. I'm not just going to save it for over here where I make money or where, um, in this situation, it benefits me. That's right. We need to understand we can't hide that under a bushel mm. when the situation calls for it, because at some point we're going to be called to account. That's right. And God's gonna say, well, you were in the room. Yeah. Wh- wh- why why did you, why did you not? They were dying spiritually. Why did you not give them what was needed for a revival? Yeah. Why didn't you use the gift that I gave you in order to reach those that needed to hear it? And I think this, this shame <laughs> culture that's been put on people of like, you can't come here and show out. You can't come here and, and do this thing that you do out there in the world. Cause that's bringing sec- <laughs> outside the building. That's bringing your secular stuff <laughs> into the sanctuary. Uh, it really starts to, to twist the idea of your gift or your talent. Yeah. And it, it and what dri- it's for. Yeah. And honestly it drives people in my understanding to have to choose like, well, I have this gift that I'm really good at, but I don't see a place for it in the church. So I'm going to go out into the world with it and I'm going to take it out there and I'm going to make money and I'm going to do whatever I can. And this is going to be my, my go-to but when I go to church, I'm just going to sit in the back. And that honestly, I, I, I can relate to that. Not like I'm going to go out and make lots of money and all that, but like you got money. I can, <laughs> I'll let your boy. <laughs> no, but, um, I, I can relate to that feeling of like, well, honestly, not knowing whether or not this thing is actually a gift or a talent or mm. like, is this just something that I enjoy doing? And so maybe it's, maybe it's really not meant to be used in the church and, and really I'm not going to take it out into the world. Like there's, there's also mm-hmm. that middle ground of like, I'm just stuck, you know, doing this thing that I, I feel God has gifted me to do yeah. in the, in the privacy of my own home. And as if, if that thing is an artistic expression, yeah. um, art is meant to be interpreted. Art is meant to be, um, experienced by other people. Yeah. The artist who paints and sticks in a closet. Yeah. That's expressive. It may be therapeutic for that person, but if it's never actually experienced by someone else, how is it evaluated? How, how is it? Yeah, it's not art. And so um, for those of you who maybe you're hearing this, you're like, you know what? I've always wanted to do this. or I've always felt like this is what I was called to do, but I don't know a place to exercise it. And so I'm, you're doing it privately. I'm not saying that's not good. You, we need to practice and we need to do some things in the private before we can bring it to the public. Mm-hmm. But I will challenge you that Somebody needs to receive what God is working out in you. Somebody yeah. needs to see the, the fruit of what God is doing um, through your faith walk with him. And so that's a word for somebody. Um, that's a word for somebody out there. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I think that uh, also the, the misconception that I know I've seen is like your talent is bad or being more talented than someone else is bad. That comparison thing. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing that really frustrates me in the church is it creates room for this lie that mediocrity mm-hmm. is the sign of genuine faith. So yeah, you get sign of holiness. You, is, yeah. You get these people who like, well, they're not as good as, you know, they may not be professional, but no, they're tone deaf <laughs> and they have no business. Yeah. They ain't got no rhythm. Get, take the tambourine away. Yeah. I don't. And it's not a thing of like, you can't express your genuine affection for the Lord through music. No one's, no one should be saying that to anyone. And again, we're just using the analogy of worshiping because it's, it's the most um, accessible. But you don't need to be standing at the microphone. Yeah. You maybe shouldn't be leading the worship. That's why I said not everyone should be leading worship. You can't yeah. give everybody the microphone because, and it's not putting a holiness on the microphone itself. That's right. It's, it's acknowledging like that, that position of leadership and authority cannot just be doled out to anyone who says, I have a word from the Lord and I enjoy yeah. singing in the shower. Um, this is the mediocrity thing of 
oh, it's fine. It's good enough. Mm. You know, that we, as on. long as we no. tell me in the Bible, in the creation story where God said it's good enough. Uh, you ain't gonna find it. You ain't gonna, no, you can and, look. And, and actually what's crazy is that God was so perfect in creating things that mm-hmm. he, he had things good. Mm-hmm so well that he knew when to say they were not good. That's right. He didn't just say it was good enough and that's okay. And that's all right. No better. A little worse. Right. He was like, this is good. Oh, this is not good. (laughs) And I think we as Christians need to be more comfortable acknowledging like, Oh, that is no, that is not good. We cannot have that. And I think the, something we, we struggle with is like when we see beautiful things in church, Um, we struggle because the world has corrupted and has almost laid claim to beauty and mm, has perverted and it, as you said earlier. Yeah, and excellence and has made it um, consumeristic, has made mm-hmm. it, has perverted it mm-hmm. and, and um, added lust and allure to yeah, a lot it. Yeah, it makes it almost like anything good is too good to be true. Yeah, but when you look back at the, the early church, um, some of the most beautiful and decadent art and architecture mm-hmm. and like all of these things were done for the church yeah. because it was a, it was done in a way to glorify God. Yeah. And it was like, Hey, these gifts I have Michelangelo Sistine chapel, right? Come on. It's it's painted in a, in Come a chapel on. like to glorify God. And so we've twisted, we've lost it somewhere yeah. in like the puritanical, like in all of that reformation, Yeah, the stoic Christianity. Yeah. Where yeah. we we've taken away the beauty and we're like, all we need is the Holy spirit, but the Holy spirit drives us <laughs> to, to do amazing things and to feel correctly about yeah. them and not to be mediocre in it. Right. Not, yes. We don't have a mediocre spirit. We got the Holy spirit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good. Like that's not, that's he's not just, he's, you know, he's just good enough. He's just a spirit. No, he no is he's the, the Holy, Holy spirit. spirit. Yes. And honestly, even taking it further back, if you look at, if you go back and read, the Old Testament description of how the temple was supposed to be laid out. Yeah. And how they wanted like skilled, skilled musicians, yep. skilled perfume makers, skilled people with um, needle and thread. Like you talk yeah. about all of the detail that went into the curtain mm-hmm. and went into like the gathering of God's people, what it was supposed to look like. If God didn't care about excellence, we wouldn't have most of those chapters. That's right. Any of those chapters. And so when we talk about excellence in the church, mm-hmm. we're no longer looking at a physical temple where we have to have things laid out a certain way in order for us to be doing it right. Right. Jesus died on the cross. He fulfilled the law. So all those little things, we don't need the curtain anymore. It Mm -hmm. was torn in two, but what we do still need and what God desires for his people is excellence lived out so that people can see it. Cause when the temple came, when, when God's people moved in, you saw the tent was set up. It was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this? Yeah, This is a thing. And people were attracted to God's people because of, what they saw and how they lived. And that therefore they were then attracted to God. And that's one thing I think we're losing yeah. in, in telling people their talent is bad. Then how do you want to attract people? Because then what you have to do is you have to start using other means to lure people and you're not attracting them anymore. Or you, to guilt them and, and scare on. them out of a, a wrong life, which isn't, right. is never how God works. <clears throat> right. And so I think we have to know that like you brought up the old Testament. They didn't just say like, and he called all those who were interested in needlework to come and work on the everybody curtain. who had a little bit of needle and thread. He didn't, you know, he <laughs> didn't say he called all those who thought about going into the priesthood because it looked cool. No, there were the Levites. These are the mm-hmm. ones that are called. Mm-hmm. They're trained. They they're gifted. God gave them the ability to do these things. Right. Mm-hmm. Because to, to, and honestly, so using the old Testament, when Samaria set up, a false worship, right? Mm-hmm. When the kingdom split and they set up false worship in Samaria, 
what they did was they started anointing anyone that wanted to be a priest. They could be a priest. Um, this thing's a God, that thing's a God. Oh, you want to marry who? That's fine. You want to do what? That's cool. Just don't go to Judah. Whatever you do, don't go to Judah. Just stay up here because I don't want you to leave. So I'm going to start. You can do whatever just you want. Just don't go. Just please don't go. And just don't go down to the real <laughs> temple. Don't do it that way. Like, so oh, you were never let to be a priest because you're, you're from the tribe of Reuben. That's fine up here. You can be a priest. And they, and we use certain terms nowadays that are the exact same thing. And I don't want to, I don't want to cause like a culture issue, culture. but in <laughs> you swallowed the word culture, culture. Um, culture. <laughs> <laughs> but being super inclusive when everybody can do anything, that's called profanity. It's common. Ooh. Anybody can do, you know the what? The understanding you of the word what? profanity. That's you good. can come in and it doesn't matter if you're good at it. Just get up here and do it for the Lord. No. Ooh. I'm sorry. That's profanity. You would have fell down dead in the temple. I'm sorry. But Do it you, for the Lord. And unfortunately, because we don't, um, I think in our modern cultural context of, of American Christianity, we don't see things in the spiritual mm-hmm. as weighty as they truly are. Yeah. We don't understand the damage that it's doing to the church when we profane beautiful gifts yeah. in the name of whatever you want to call it. Making people feel good. Being welcoming, being yeah. inclusive, making people happy, making the person who donates the most money be happy. Um, and so, no, that's a long name. It is. That's, that's <laughs> their last name. It's on their headstones. Really long. Um, so we have to talk about what truth is. So the truth mm. of talent, the truth of the gifts that we have. Right. If if you're naturally gifted, do you if you have an inclination, and here's a way you can tell. Should save this for practicality, but I don't want to forget it because I didn't write it down. Okay. Um, the things that your your heart is naturally drawn to, drawn towards, the things that you feel like you do pretty well and the things that other people have consistently mm-hmm. said, Hey, this is something you're really good at. Yeah. When all of those things line up, it's not always saying, well, you should be a, you know, a potter, you know, like it's not always saying that, but it's saying that is something you're gifted at. Like yeah. that, maybe look in that direction for some way to express um, the beauty that God has placed inside you. And mm-hmm. so you have to understand that all good gifts come down from the head, from the father of heavenly lights. That's mm-hmm. um, uh, James, James one. And which I think is cool that the father of heavenly lights, heavenly lights is also another way to describe the angels. Mm. Um, they're always seen as like these heavenly lights, these stars. And, and so what James is saying is like the same God who created the beauty and the stars, who created these beautiful angels, who created the, the, the majesty above has blessed you with your gift, has mm. blessed you with every good thing in your life. Wow. And so to, to push those aside and to be like, oh, we can't, I can't glorify in these. That's to say, God gave me all this stuff, but, but I have to, I have to deny God. Now I'm not denying myself now. Now I'm denying the gift that God has given me. It's Mm -mm, a lot. That's disobedience. It is straight up. Yeah. And honestly, like we talked about the different things that God, um, called people to do and, and create for his temple. Yeah. Um, and you can find those in in first Chronicles. You can find it in Exodus. Just go through and read the old Testament. You'll find it. (laughs) Um, but I think one of the things we have to remember is, is why we, we have talent. Yeah. And we, we know where it comes from or who it comes from. Mm-hmm. We know that we all are given certain gifts and talents um, to varying degrees throughout our lives. But why we have them is for the Lord. And it's it's right. it's like multifolded into the into that. Like we're we have it for the Lord. Um, excuse me. We have it for the Lord's good pleasure. Mm-hmm. He delights when we exercise our gifts and our talents according so to his good and perfect plan. He delights in that. He rejoices in that. He shares in that. He is present in the praises of his people. He's yeah. like, yes, you should be singing my name and you That's should be right. singing it loud. Yeah. And he loves that. It's also so that 
people will know where we've placed our hope. Mm, that's good. When we are, whether it's, you, you know, you're doing your accounting, like we used accounting earlier. I did. You are balancing that budget to perfection Come so on. that when someone comes in and says, how is it that you have no error? Ever. But, but this guy over here, he's got all kinds of, or how did you shortcut this and make it easier? But he, I'll tell you how. I was looking at it and, and God just gave me the wisdom in the moment that this, you got to give honor and credit to where it's due. And when right. someone asks you about the hope you have or the talent you are displaying, is God. I mean, that's what it's for. And it's also to attract people to the Lord. And I think one of the ways we see that also is, um, with music and visual arts and different things. I love when, um, I I see dancers Mm -hmm. that are Christians because Mm -hmm. dancing is not vocal. Shouldn't be. I mean, it shouldn't be. Um, when you see someone that's like, Oh wow, they're, they're using a, is that a hit? Is that a Christian hip hop song they're dancing to? Are they a believer? Like you see this expressive movement and it's done with such excellence and crispness in the movement. And then you learn like, ah, they're a believer. Yes. (laughs) Like I want to see more excellence in that way because that's attractive. And people will look at that and say, oh, they're really good. And I didn't, I didn't know Christians dance like that. I didn't know that that was possible, but there must be something about this Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I I like um, the verse in Exodus 35, 35 that says, God gave them the skill to exercise the skill, basically. Mm. Like God breathes these gifts into us. And to deny those gifts in order to seem holy or more pious is, I mean, that's sin to be like, yeah, God gave me this thing. And one thing that, that just came to mind with the question, is talent bad? In order for some, like bad is not bad on its own. Mm. So what I mean by that is n- there's not a thing in creation that is inherently bad on its own. Mm. everything was created with a good purpose, but in order for something to be bad, that purpose has to be distorted, Yeah, has to be twisted. And so for your talent to be bad, then your the purpose that God gave you your talent has to be distorted mm-hmm. and twisted mm-hmm. to operate in another purpose. Right. And so talent in and of itself, <clears throat> giftings in and of themselves can't be bad because God created them for good. Mm. But when things become bad is when we start to use those good gifts yeah. for bad means, That's bad right. ends. That's right. And so I just wanted to say that. Um, That's really good. So yeah. Um, before yeah. we get into uh, practicality, mm-hmm. that's how I like to say it, <laughs> before we get into some practices, uh, if you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, if it's brought uh, some sort of positive affirmation to what God has been leading you, um, share this with somebody. Let somebody yeah. know. If sure. you know somebody that's like struggling the video. with this. Like it. Yeah. Do, like do something. Um, I want to read something to you. I'm um, just talking, um, going a little bit deeper with excellence and beauty and talent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from the book, get out of your head by Jenny Allen. I want to read this. Head. Get out your head, girl. That's what it should have been called. Get girl, girl, get out your head. <laughs> anyway. Um, she says, she writes that beauty, 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 beauty interrupts us. It awakens us. It undoes us. It cuts us open and restarts our hearts. Beauty is God's evidence of something far more wonderful coming, a world beyond the one we can imagine, even in the most spectacular moments here, a God better than what we hope for, a God who blows our minds. At this and a thousand other encounters with things that are excellent, that are lovely, that are true, we come away different from how we were before. We come away impacted. This is what I think Paul was hinting at when he told us what to set our thinking on. Good things happen when we train our attention on that which is beautiful, on that which is authentic and compelling and good. What's more, beyond the obvious emotional experience, those good things from the hand of God can point us to the one who creates beauty, who is beautiful. Cynicism puts our minds on things of this earth, and we lose hope. Beauty points our gaze toward the heavens and reminds us of hope. 
cynicism crumbles in the presence of beauty. Come on. Now. And I, th- I I love that section. I love, I love the whole book, but I love that section because for me in my walk and, and the things that I have to get out of my head about, it's that second guessing of whether or not I should exercise my talent because I don't want anything to draw attention to me because I don't want other people to feel like um, they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, well, I could never do that. And, but beauty, the beauty of, of talented people and talented people doing what they do best mm-hmm. draws us out of ourselves and allows us to truly hope for what is good and to, to think on those things that, that Paul wrote, wrote that we should think about. And so talent then is not a matter of should I? It's how much can I? Mm. How much can I exercise this so that God is completely glorified in everything that I do and say? How much? Not, oh, I don't know. No, it, it's beauty. And, and how can you hide beauty? Yeah. How can you, like, do, and one of the um, illustrations I remember seeing in a, a Christian, like, um, devotional video was like, do flowers shut themselves up to hide their beauty? No, nope, they don't. In case no, you're they, curious. They bloom. They they, they open up and that's when we see their beauty. And so just to encourage you, mm-hmm. um, and I love, I have this, this is one of my, my life verses here. Let your light shine before men and women so that they will glorify your father who is in heaven. That's the practicality right there. That's your practicality. That's mine. So that's my first one. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to say, um, keep your identity rooted in Christ. The reason this is a practicality is because, like I said earlier, a good thing is only twisted into a bad thing. Um, when you start focusing your talent and your ability um, and you start using that as a mechanism to receive identity from others. Mm, so yeah. I'm, only as, I'm only as good as those who validate me. Um, I'm, no, I'm no good unless people tell me how smart or how talented or how skilled I am at these things. Mm. Um, like you have to have your identity, who you are has to be so rooted in Jesus that as you're expressing these gifts and these abilities, um, you're not seeking to please people. You're simply seeking to express God's good will and good um, grace in your life to give him glory. And so you have to keep your identity so rooted in Christ yeah. that no matter how people respond to your gift, you're not swayed. Good or bad. Good or bad. Because it's really easy to say, well, I don't care if people don't like it. But do you care too much that people do? Come on. And that, like, I, thing. I know that's, that's something I constantly have to um, lay before the Lord. Like, whether or not people are cheering you on, are you still going to do it? And, yeah. and that, I think, for, especially for pastors, um, some of you are really incredibly missionaries. gifted. Missionaries are gifted at rightly dividing and teaching and displaying the word of God and laying it bare for people to receive it. And you are worried and you're frustrated because people aren't sending you the emails. Mm-hmm. Um, well, pastor, thank you so much. You're worried because pe- nobody, nobody approached you after the sermon that Sunday. <laughs> nobody came up and said, good word, pastor. And you're worried that, oh no, I stop. We, gotta, we have to stop that cycle because the enemy wants us stuck there That's right. and looking to other people. Where was the first place that Adam and Eve looked after God was like, why are you hiding? It was them. It was their yep. fault. It was, yep. We have to stop. We have to remember to fix our gaze on Christ and set our identity there. We are who we are because of who he is and what he has done for us. That's good. And so um, the, the unapologetic talentedness. Talentosity. Wow, that's a lot of word. 
talentariciousness <laughs> talent that you have um it's not a boastful self-centered self-important talentedness talentedness is that even a word i don't know but i'm going <laughs> with it right now it's, <laughs> it's not a self-centered talent that we there have. we go it's a christ-centered christ-oriented talent that we have and and if we just if we allow that to be it mm-hmm. good things will happen mm-hmm. that's good um also be okay not being talented at everything mm. um you have to oh, no, no, no. you have to come to peace with the fact that we need each other for a reason and when you start to covet other people's gifts that's mm. what it is it's coveting when you start to see other people's giftings and be like i want to do that i want to be this part i want to be that i want to do that i want to you're, you're missing out on where god's called you to operate yeah and so um that's not saying that one person can't have multiple gifts mm-hmm but what that is saying is if something is not your calling, is not your gifting, um, be okay with not getting the spotlight in that. Yeah. Because otherwise good. that's an arrogance problem we're dealing with there. That's tough. That's Asian a tough heart. one. Well, this, um, this is it. This is what that's we're what talking we about. Um, next week we're probably going to cover another virtue. Well, not probably. We are going to cover another virtue. We're going to get into and it. So, uh, again, if you liked this, please um like it and subscribe and share it with <laughs> yes. someone that you know someone maybe in your life who has talent has giftings but is afraid to express it because they've believed the lie that their talent is bad yes um they shouldn't uh share it with the world so and if you want to know more about our inner circle that we talked about earlier please go to www.patreon.com slash podcast and you can find out how you can be a part of our inner circle they're a group of people who encourage us who um help us to express different gifts and talents that we have because they get extra content. They get to connect with us on a little more personal level. So um, go there, find out how you can be a part of our inner circle. Yes. This has been the Nick Smith podcast. We hope you've gotten a dose of real life. No meat. <laughs> be be blessed. blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith podcast. We are so glad that you joined us and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.